0: Hare Krishna. Morning to everyone. Hare Krishna to you. And good morning to all of you who are listening in online by radio or telephone. Today is the Kaddashi, fasting from grains and beans. Rupa Nukadas here with you this morning. We'll be speaking from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, 11th chapter, text number 1. First of all, we invoke the blessings and the support, the help of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Shri
1: Krishna. <laughs> Jai Aradhamarava Kunjabihari Jai Gopi Janna Vallabha Girivaradharari gay gopijana janavaba girivar rahare gachura ranjana Dasura Nandana Brajajana Ranjanam Damunati Ravanchari Jai Aradha Madhava Kunjabihare Jai Aradha Madhava Kunjabihare
0: Jai go to Hari Hari Bo. Daya Om Vishnupada Padma Hansa, Charja, Hastu Tarasat Sri Srimad, Divine Loving Grace. Voyage Haranaravinda Bhaktivitanta Swami Maharaj, Sheila Prabhupada Keith. Jai Om Vishnupada Padma Hansa, Charja, Hastu Tarasat Sri Srimad. Divine Grace Bhaktisiddhanta Satisfati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda ki Iskān BBT Fandra Charja Srila Prabhupada ki Iskan Guru Param ki, Shri Rup Sanatan Bhattaraganath Shri Jeeva Gopal Bhattadasa Raganath Sad Gosami Prabhu ki Nama Charja Srila Harida ki Rameshikahu Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhuni Tananda Sri Advaita Karadhar Sri ki Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopakopinath Shamukund Radha Giri Govardhan ki Sri ki Sri Maturadham ki Sri Mayapurnavaduit ki Sri Jagannath Puridam ki Sri Sri Radha Kalachanjidham ki Ganga Deviki, ki, Jamunamai Tulsi Deviki, ki, Bhakti Devi ki, Samaveda ki, Brihat Badanga, Transcendental Book of Prasharam Distribution ki, Nthai Gora Premananda. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. No Vishapadaya Krishna Vasai Butalish Bati Bhakti Vidanta Swamanita Namani. Namaste Sadasvati Deva Goravati Pachani Nivishasani Vari Vishati Shitani. You all please come up front close so the Lord can see you very closely. <laughs> and the baby. <laughs> uh come right on up, right on up close to the Front, please. Krishna has a bigger smile when you're up close to him than he does when you're toward the back. Once again, Rupanugadas with you. This is the eleventh canto that we're going to be reading from. I'm sorry, first canto, eleventh chapter, text number one. And we'll repeat word for word. Anartan Sa Upavraja Sridhan shridha, Jana Padan Swakhan, Dadmo Darvam Daravaram Tesham Visharam Samayam Eva Sutuvacha. Anatansa Upadvrajya Sridhan Janapadan Swakan Dadvaudharavaram Teshyam Visharam sammayam Iva Anartan Sarapavrajya Sridhan Janapadan Swakam Dadmo Daravaram Tesham Bisharan Shamayan Niva Chant please. Word for word translations. Suta Vacha, Suta Goswami said, Anurtan, the country known as Anurtan, or Dwaraka. Sa he Upavraja, reaching the border of Sridhan, most prosperous, Janapadan. City, Svakan, his own, dadvau, sounded, Dharavaram, the auspicious Kanshel, known as Panchajanya, Teshyam, of them, Bishadan, dejection, shamayan, pacifying, Eva, seemingly, and the translation in purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada G. Jai. Sutta Goswami said, upon reaching the border of His most prosperous metropolis, known as the country of the Anatas, or Dwaraka, the Lord sounded His auspicious conch shell, heralding his arrival, and apparently pacifying the dejection of the inhabitants. Repeat with me, please. Sutta Goswami said, Upon reaching the border of his most prosperous metropolis, known as the country of the Anartas, or Dwaraka, the Lord sounded his auspicious conchshell, Heralding his arrival and apparently pacifying the dejection of the inhabitants and purport by his divine grace. The beloved Lord was away from his own prosperous metropolis of Dwaraka for a considerably long period because of the Battle of Kurukshetra. And thus all the inhabitants were overcome with melancholia. That's the first time I've heard the word melancholy, spelled or pronounced in this way, melancholia. Due to the separation, when the Lord descends on the earth, his eternal associates also come with him. Just as the entourage of a king accompanies him. Such associates of the Lord are eternally liberated souls. And they cannot bear the separation of the Lord even for a moment because of intense affection for the Lord. Thus the inhabitants of the city of Dwaraka were in a mood of dejection and expected the arrival of the Lord at any moment. So the heralding sound of the auspicious conch shell, janya was very encouraging, and apparently the sound pacified their dejection. They were still more aspirant. To see the Lord amongst themselves. And that's the first time I've seen the word aspirant. Usually it's aspiring or aspired Aspirant. Uh, to see the Lord amongst themselves. And all of them became alert to receive him in the befitting manner. These are the signs of spontaneous love of Godhead. Om Jnana Timidan Jnana Jnana Salakaya Chakshul Militam Jena Tasmay Sri Gurave Sri Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Chant with me, please. Sri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Maya Tadati Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dyutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavam Sri Rupam Sagratattam Sahagana Raganattam Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitams he Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakan Chana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Adi Priye Vanchakalpata Rubyascha Kripa Sundubhi, Evacha, Patitanam bhavanevyo vaishnavevyo namo namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shiva Sadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Lama, Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare I forgot to mention that the, uh, the title of this chapter is, is Lord Krishna's Entrance into Dwaraka. And I'll read the translation once again. Sutta Goswami said, Upon reaching the border of his most prosperous metropolis known as the country of the Anuttas, or Dvaraka. The Lord sounded his auspicious conch shell, heralding his arrival and apparently pacifying the dejections of the inhabitants. So it's a big deal whenever Krishna comes or goes, because both are the same. And for those people who are really dedicated to him, who have pure love of Godhead, Krishna has never gone. He just disappears from one's vision. But he's, he, he stays inside their hearts. Just as he does with the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Um, it is said that Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. So the form of Krishna that stays in Vrindavan is called uh, Yasodhanandana. Or Nandanandana. And the one who, uh, when he leaves, when he apparently leaves Vrindavan, and goes back to his kingdom of Dwaraka or to one of the other many places he goes, other universes. He is known as um um what is it? What's what's Krishna's father's name um Vasudev. Yes. He's known as Vasudev Krishna or Vasudev. When he when he when he apparently leaves Vrindavan, then he's known in this in this other feature, and in that feature as Vasudeva, uh, those persons know him as the supreme personality of Godhead. Whereas in Goloka Vrindavan, they do not know him as the supreme personality of Godhead, but only as the most delightful little boy they've ever known. They are greatly in love with Krishna. And so they they don't have this this uh, this uh, understanding of Krishna as the supreme uh, creator, the supreme controller. So we're talking about here how Krishna is is greeted when he goes back into the city. First of all, he makes his announcement with the blowing of his conch shell, the Panchajanya. And you know we we've got one or two pretty loud conch shells here in our temple. And if they're blown properly, they they rattle the windows practically. But you can imagine something that can be heard over an entire city by one approaching the city. That's a pretty amazing conch shell. And, of course, the person who is blowing it is also even more amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about welcoming special guests, such as Krishna going back into his city. You can imagine that the city is decorated with festoons because you can be sure that they knew that Krishna was coming back and that they probably just decorated with festoons and garlands and sprinkling scented water everywhere and flower petals everywhere. And it's just a really special occasion. Well, we have also in our present day... The opportunity to welcome special guests from time to time. And, uh, we, we, uh, these are persons generally that we welcome that are not statesmen or politicians, but they're, they're simply humble servants of the Supreme Lord Krishna. And because of their, uh, their dedication and the activities that they have performed for the Supreme Lord, uh, we welcome, we, ch- we should wel- welcome them very grandly. So when we receive a, a very beloved personality, you know, especially in our homes, uh, we receive, we prepare our residence, when and usually we have a special room set aside for a very special guest like that. I can remember several years ago when Krishna Kanta Prabhu and his wife um, would would have uh, Giriraj Swami Maharaj come to their home and and spend some time. and they had they had a, a very special room set aside for him. I've been in it, and they always had a nice comfortable bed there. and whenever they would uh, uh, he would finish taking Prashadam, they would invite him to go back and take a little rest. and so this this was a nice thing. It's a nice way to do things. And usually also that if you're going to have a guest to stay around for some time, maybe a week or a few days at least, then you would want to make sure that he had a desk to work at and do his communications from, a very comfortable chair that he can sit in and lean back and maybe enchant, chant his morning joppa, uh, plenty of light coming in the windows. That's always nice. Maybe fresh air if it's not too cold or not too hot outside. And making sure that the room is adequate heating and cooling. So these, these are things that we do for a person who is uh, very special to us. Um, a really important thing too, especially for our, our honored, uh, revered members of our society, ISKCON society, is, uh, is foodstuffs because many of them have have given up so much of their lives and they put themselves into such difficult situations that they have certain kinds of um, of needs for certain kinds of foodstuffs so we make sure beforehand if we if were having them as guests in our home that we have have bought the kinds of foods that they like to eat which we find out beforehand and also if there's any medical needs we make sure that those are covered and of course, everything has to be, you know, spotlessly clean. I remember the times when Tamal Krishna Goswami would come here to the community and stay upstairs in the, uh, guest, in, in, in the sannyas quarters at that time it was called. And, and, and we would, there would be a group of us, we would do a, a thorough, thorough cleaning, dusting everything, making sure the floors were perfectly mopped. With the with claws, not with a mop, but with with cloths, claws and a bucket, and uh, everything had to be just in really really nice condition for uh, for our guests to come, and I, I I presume that that is done still by the disciples of spiritual masters who are are still present. Um, we have to make sure that we provide for whatever communications are necessary. Of course, nowadays we have everybody's got his own personal phone. So, uh, a lot of times in the past, you know, Sonia, we had to make sure that special guests had access to the telephone. And a lot of times, uh, even when, you know, when they, the telephone company was charging for bills, uh, that we would, uh, we would, you know, just pick up the tab. Whatever his, you know, if he made overseas, call, overseas calls anywhere else in the world. We would cover those. And this is, this is one of the, one of the arrangements that we made. And then, of course, we, when, when they first come into our house, we like to greet them. And I can remember the very first time when Tamal Krishna Goswami came to Knoxville, Tennessee. He was making a, a a journey through this. You know, Tennessee is a very long state east to west. And uh, he started over in Memphis, which is right on the Mississippi River, and stayed with a, a fellow there who had a had a live-in girlfriend and and uh, he and uh, Tamal Krishna and several his, of his uh, either God brothers or disciples. This was pretty shortly after Prabhupada's departure in 1977. So this would be 1978, spring of 78, that he made that trip. He heard that there were four families living in Tennessee that um, were interested in Krishna consciousness. And one of those families uh, was uh, Jivananda Prabhu and Mother Bhakti Lata. They lived in Knoxville over on the east side of the state. And so they had been in touch with the Radha Damodara Traveling Sankirtan Party for quite a few years. Jivananda had set up a a station, a place, where he could store books and then send them out to various parties that were uh, roaming the country, you know, in buses and vans. Distributing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of prabhupada's books, and he was responsible for making sure that the books got to the location wherever the wherever the devotees were you know sometimes it would be up in the far northeast and sometimes in the far northwest southeast southwest all over the country and and so anyhow um my wife and I got to know Jeevananda Prabhu and his wife at that time um by, uh, we were, we were in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which was about 20 miles west of Knoxville. And so we got to know also a person who had come to Dallas with Tamal Krishna Goswami. His name is Drishtadumna Swami. Anybody remember Drishtadumna Swami? You do, Rajaraj? Yeah. And so, um, uh, he, he's the one that contacted me and, and let me know that Goswami Maharaj wanted to come up and make a visit. And I said, well, you know, I was very new to Krishna consciousness. I had not been around devotees, but maybe just a few months. And that was only the other family, Jivananda Bhakti Lata. And so uh, I had to ask him, you know, well, what kind of arrangements do we need to make? Should we get him a hotel room? And he said, well, usually a family will move out of their house. (laughs) And of course, you know, my wife and I lived in a very, very simple, small house. And, and, uh, we, we had two children, one of which was about a year old and the other was about four years old. So, you know, for us to move out, I, I was thinking, how, how is this going to happen? And so anyhow, Jeevan Prabhu had been renting his house in Knoxville to a couple, uh, while he lived, uh, for a time in Chattanooga, Tennessee, about two hours away. And so the couple decided to move out right at the time that Goswami Rights was going to be coming. And so uh Jivananda, who had his wife and his wife's mother in Knoxville, go in and clean the house very thoroughly. And so Goswami Maharaj and his entourage came and stayed in that house. So we tried to make sure that everything was done very nicely. You know, I didn't know anything about anything. You know, I had to be told everything to do. I remember going out and buying some flowers at, at just some little merchant somewhere and uh and I think that the uh Jivananda took some of those rose petals and broke them up and put them in the foot washing water that we used for him when, when he first came. So that's another way to greet uh, a, a, a really important personality: is to wash their feet, sprinkle the water on the heads of the guests, and then and then offer some nice food stuff. These are things that can be done and uh but then, if a person's going to stay for a while, we also need to provide for some entertainment and usually that is um usually there's uh a uh, a uh, a few home programs that they that our guest is uh asked to speak at parties, little parties are going out on picnics or going over even to White Rock Lake, which is close by so these are things taking opportunities for him to speak to other people or her. Mother Ermila has come and and spent times with us here in Dallas and, and she's a very advanced soul and gives a very, very wonderful Bhagavatam class. So this this is the kind of person that we're talking about. Going on joppa walks sometimes. Um there are places around that are really nice to go to. Scheduling meetings with guests, of course there's certain maybe a family that wants to meet a guru or, or an advanced devotee for the first time. So that's one of the, as, as the host, then we have to set up those meetings to make sure that they're not over, overwhelmed with too many, uh, too many appointments, you know, while they're with us. Visiting interesting places, uh, whether they're man-made places such as we have around the city of Dallas or, or taking them out into the countryside. I remember once when I was visiting, uh, Beijing with, uh, a godbrother of mine, um, uh, uh, uh Goranga Prema. Uh, we, we went out to the uh, Great Wall of China. Anybody been to the wall? Great Wall of China? Been there? Actually been there? It's quite an impressive sight. You know, and it goes for miles and miles. I don't know how many hundreds of miles that wall is long. Anyhow, we got to spend a little time walking on there. Quite a few people there, especially school kids that were coming there. And, uh, China's quite a, quite an interesting place. And we only, I only visited a couple of, couple of years, 2011, 2012. Uh, but it's a, you know, it's a huge country. And most of the action is over on the east coast of the country. So um I I, I wasn't a, a very special guest as such you know I was just there because Giriraj Swami Maharaj told me I should go there and so I went so but anyhow Premature Prabhu did his his best to make things very comfortable and and um and this is one this is one of the factors of of the stay is uh, getting to visit some very interesting places I think it was in Shanghai that we went to a place where uh, in the middle of the city there's like a, a walk that goes over a huge intersection. And the walk is very high up so that, you know, you can just walk up there and you can see a large port of the, a part of the town. And Shanghai, I believe, has the uh, largest population in the city of China. I mean, in the country of China, uh, including larger than Beijing, the capital. Did you know that? Something like 21 million people in the city. I, I think Mexico City is getting up to be pretty much that, that size too. But anyhow, when you got a big city like that and you got a special guest coming, it's really nice to get them out to, to be able to see, uh, some of the attractions of the place so that they, they have something to take away with them besides just the temple. Of course, when they come to Dallas, they, I think Radical Chanji's palace here is, Probably the most attractive part of the city of Dallas. Of course, I would probably have some people disagree. May agree with me. Say, but it, have you been to see the prancing horses in the fountains over in Los Colinas? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but we have we have here the uh, the one who uh, creates all the bodies for all the living entities in all the universes of the material and spiritual creations and uh and so we we have one up on the horses the galloping horses of las Calinas. uh we have to you know sometimes when we have guess we have to deal with the possibility of disturbances, and so we have to be really careful to uh to invite only persons who are favorable favorable guests to come and be in the presence of the spiritual master um and by the way, if you haven't guessed, this is just this Today's class is really just a, a practicals and practical suggestions uh, to taking care of special guests when they come, uh, because they, you know, we have to we have to do that for them. They deserve it. So, uh, and we prepare. We have to be prepared sometimes to defend the guest, both not only physically and vocally, but sometimes we have to physically defend the guest. We have to be prepared for that. Um fortunately, I don't think I've ever heard of a situation occurring in the city of Dallas, but there was a time when, uh, Tamal Krishna Gosami felt under some threat from, uh, a person who had kind of gone off the deep end. And so whenever he would take a, uh, take a walk around, do a japa walk around the neighborhood, he would generally have somebody with him armed. Did you know? Yeah whenever whenever there's a the possibility of some physical danger like that we have to be prepared for that and and so we have people who uh, we have people who are licensed and and of course now in Texas you don't have to have a license for carrying a weapon but you know people uh, the people that I know have gone through training and they know how to take care of a weapon they know how to use it. And so that's, that's one of the responsibilities for, for those of us who then are hosting a very special person to make sure that they're taken, taken very good care of. Them. And, uh, we only going out at safe times of the day and going to safe places. In other words, it's pretty rare that we would take any, uh, a special guest unless there was a whole group of us going to a place like Deep Ellum, because, you know, there's a lot of intoxication down there, especially on the weekends. And there have been times when devotees were treated a little bit rudely, um, and, and actually physically uh, hurt sometimes by uh, people who are down there. So uh, that's another consideration that we have to make. And then uh, after the visit is over and it's time to wish farewell to our guest, uh, we have to take it on ourselves then, because generally we 'll be the ones to carry him to the airport or wherever to um, to take off from We had to check check the travel schedules had to had to prepare everything so that we can arrive on time and of course, there's always the changing of terminals and gates at a big airport like DFw. Uh, so it we have to we take that responsibility on ourselves to make sure and to make sure our vehicle that we're going to take them in, make sure there's air in the tires. That's kind of important. Make sure that they're running properly and that they're clean. And so that's what that's our responsibilities as the host. Um, have to make sure that all of their possessions are properly packed and that they're actually taken to the car and. And taken to the airport, you know, it's, it's kind of an embarrassing thing when you get to the airport and and your guest says, where is my, and you look around and whatever that is, is not there. And you have to, you have to make some very fast arrangements, you know. So, it's, all of this is part of, of, uh, becoming aware, becoming human beings. Because like Prabhupada said, uh, you have to, before you become Krishna conscious, you just have to become conscious. And you have to, you have to learn to, to, to keep up with these things. And and a lot of us, especially in the early days, we, hippies and we did, what did we know? We didn't know how to take care of anything, but it was, it was a, it was a great pleasure then to learn from people. Some of you might know the older disciple, uh, Tejas. You know Tejas? I think he's maybe in Hawaii now or someplace. Away from here. Anyhow, he was really good at in, instructing uh, Maturnat Prabhu and Radhanath Prabhu and myself how to clean, how to clean properly, clean the quarters upstairs that uh, Sri Lagurdev Tamal Krishna Goswami was going to be in. So uh, another really nice thing when when you start to wish someone a farewell is to have several people come and and join us. You know, to as he starts to go into the gate now. Nowadays we can't, can't go right out to, practically to the tarmac as we used to be able to do. Uh, you know, people would come right in from the airplane and we'd, we'd be right there to greet them at the time. Of course now security is so much greater than it was back then. But if there's a lot of people around, you know, chanting or just wishing them well and, you know, and, and giving some, giving them some nice happy attention, that's, that's a really nice way to depart and of course when when a person is about to leave uh, especially if it's, a, it's if it's a renunciate, a person who is a sannyasi or a person even who is a householder that is a uh, that is uh has taken started taking it's nice to make some kind of a monetary gift to them you know give them whatever you have available, uh, take up a little collection or something give it to them so these are the ways that that we honor people that come and be as our guests. And so uh, we learn how we're supposed to do this uh, from other devotees. And and uh, how do other devotees learn it? By being with Prabhupada. And how does Prabhupada know? Because Prabhupada is always with Krishna. And he's, he knows what Krishna desires. And so just as we would uh, treat Krishna if he were to come and be a guest in our homes... So also, we have to be prepared and have the knowledge and the means to take nice care of a guest, especially one who is revered throughout our throughout our whole society. I'm going to stop now and ask if anybody's got any, uh, maybe some anecdotes that you uh, of, of situations you've been in that you'd like to suggest. Do we have a microphone? Do we have a microphone that works? Hare Krishna. Yeah, this, this was just, uh, just a very brief, um, kind of a summary of things. And I, I could go into more details about things that have happened when we've had special guests come. But I'd like to hear from you, I had
2: a question actually.
0: I didn't ask for questions. I asked for anecdotes.
2: That's why I asked you, Can I have a? I'll have an anecdotal, anecd question. Ane- anecdotal.
0: <laughs> oh, you,
1: you're oh. Up, one up on me.
2: Woo.
0: Yes, yes, Prabhu. Speak, um, speak, kind of loud so people that are listening in from the outside. Right. Can I, hear. I
2: don't. Yeah. They. Yeah. I think should be fine. Um, so this question of guests, right? I mean it is and we have had several issues with guests coming to the temple um, we have people that have come in that uh we choose who to honor and who not to yes it is uh it's been this constant thing okay is this is this person favorable or is this person going to create trouble and uh and uh um you know, we we judge that guest based on the guest's appearance. And um it's uh yes we have to follow certain protocols, but uh we understand from Srila Prabhupada that even if an enemy comes, we have to honor that person, offer him a seat or her a seat, offer him some water, some prashadam. And uh then go from that point on. I mean, we cannot. So then the question arises: How do we, how do we make that call, and and what is the proper protocol to receive a guest that is complete stranger uh, from a Pro- protocol
0: standpoint? for having a person come in who is inimical? Is that what you're saying?
2: No, I'm not making that assumption. Uh, the inim, the the point the. Whether the person is inimical or not is not something that we know of. The person might just come and be at the temple. But from the appearance of that person, we make distinction on how we treat that person. And has happened several times. right? Maybe the person is stinking because of not having a bath for several days. Um, And if you see how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu received Sanadan Goswami when he came, his journey he was very he was ragged had a long beard um had um had sores on his body <laughs> if you receive a person like this in the guest today, we we'll probably ask him not to come inside so <laughs> what, what, how do we how do we know how to how to, how what should be the protocol what should be the standard that we should uh, follow for everyone
0: well uh, um the same rule doesn't apply doesn't apply for everyone. We do make distinct distinctions. Um, some people are ready to hear philosophy. They come prepared. They're clean. <clears throat> They're not offensive by their attitude. They're ready to hear. You treat them in a different way than a person who just wanders in looking for some food. If the person is coming in just looking, well, you know, like we sometimes have people come in into the hallway or somebody even come into the temple and their bodies are not clean. Their clothes are not clean because they, you know, they're very unfortunate. And it's not like we, we have anything against those people, but they have to be treated in a, in a different way. <clears throat> so I can refer back to a time, uh, when my spiritual master was present and there was a, there was a man who came into the temple room <clears throat> and is, uh, he, you know, he was he had his he, he took his shoes off, but his feet really smelled bad. And so, when a person like that comes in, you know, it it kind of it's it's not it does it's not good for the atmosphere of the temple, and the person might not be ready to your philosophy. More likely, he's he's uh, he just needs a place to come and rest or relax or maybe just get some food. So. Uh, um, Tomorrow Krishna Goswami asked one of his disciples to please take this man and give him, give him a plate of food. And he did. And he left without any problem. So we have to be, we have to be a little, uh, decisive. Somebody has, sometimes has to make a decision and to someone else it might appear as though we're not very welcoming. But you don't go into the you don't go into the white House uh you know dressed in any way at all and without without um any special intent without being introduced or anything, you'll get stopped at the front door and if you don't have a good reason for being there, you will not enter or hopefully you will not enter. So we have to, we have to be, we have to make decisions sometimes.
2: Uh, so, so is there a, is there a way, uh, as you said, the Malakrishna Maharaj would offer him a plate of prasad, that her a plate of prasad. Um, so right now I don't see that happening, right? We don't see people coming in, even, even well, well-meaning guests, let's just put it that way you know, whose, whose socks don't stink. Um, they come to the temple and they leave. There is absolutely no one offering them a plate of prasadam. Um So what would you say would be the standard that the temple should be following um, to be in line with what you mentioned in the class? Or what is the role of the temple? How should the temple be receiving guests? And you know if they're whether they're well-meaning or not that's a different situation but let's just say that they're well-meaning guests they they come here for various reasons um but uh uh what is our role and responsibility in that situation and well, how it, again
0: how? somebody has to make a decision and it's based based on what you what you observe <clears throat> if a if a person comes in with a, with an a r fifteen on his shoulder that person gets treated in a different way than a person who is just wandering in, just kind of looking around, wanting to see the place, see what's here.
2: No, I, I, again, I, I don't know. I, Maybe I, I I'm thi- missing your point. Yeah, I think you are. Uh, let's let me. So a person comes in. Let's say, um, you know, I think Achyutago and the Prabhu just saw a family just walk into the temple, right? They were sitting here. I think they came in. There's there's several that come in. Yes, they come here, they don't know where the temple is. There's no sign outside that says that the temple is in this direction. They walk up practically every step trying to figure out where the temple is. Then they come in and there is no one in the temple. There is no prashadam and then they walk out. Um so um it seems that does not line up with your class and this is this is a person who is looking for the temple and uh, um, has some inclination towards doing some service maybe so what is our role? what are we supposed to be doing towards such a such a situation let's not talk about a k 47s i 'm talking about good Well meaning guests from Uh all traditions. So they are they're coming, they're walking. As you said, you know, some people come from the restaurant, they really they come here, they have the wow factor, they really like this. But there's no one here to talk to them about them or offer them a plate of prasadam. In fact, we actually charge them money (laughs) for prashadam. So uh which is good, which is fine. I'm just saying what as a guest coming to the temple, what is our role and responsibility towards them? Is that am I making sense? Am I asking the question, you're, you're, so?
0: you're suggesting that we have a staff of people stay here at the temple all the time who are ready to receive guests and make sure they I'm get a praise I'm asking
2: how would Tamal Krishna Maharaj or Srila Prabhupada um, want us to do things?
0: Well, if it's possible, we do it. And if it's not possible, we don't do it. We're practical. Well, I mean... <laughs> Sometimes I'm here at the temple and sometimes I'm not. The same is true for other people. If you, if you are here, uh, Tamal Krishna goes home and said, if you're here in the temple room and you're chanting Japa and someone comes in, walks in the door and just kind of looking around doesn't, is not familiar with things. He said, put your bead bag down. Go talk with them. He said, it's not just by chance that they're here. They came here because they're directed to by the Supreme Lord. So we should take care of them. Or what if they walk in here and there's nobody here? Question is, should the doors be locked whenever there's nobody here? And a sign sign up outside instructing when when the Darshan time is, is to be held. I mean, it would be nice if we had a staff of people who could greet every person who came to this temple. Show them around the temple room, explain the deities to them make sure they had a book, and give them some prasadam. And I think Prabhupada would really, really like that. Tamar Krishna somebody would really like that. Uh, but we, right at the present time, we don't have anybody doing that. Now, what can we do about it? Can we do anything about it? We can talk about it. But, you know, to have somebody on, on you know, like at a, at a desk up up in the front now this has done been done from time you know at some times in the past there would be a person sitting at a desk up front who could uh direct the person who came in and you know a lot of things could be done and if they're not done whose fault is it we are going to blame it on somebody else or we're going to take the blame ourselves
2: and and, and exactly the point right and essentially um you know so the, what what i was getting to was that we we can there is this philosophy of how to receive guests but there is also the examples that we ourselves set in the process and uh and uh it it definitely requires us to get a little bit beyond our comfort zones um and i've seen several people actually do receive guests in a very very nice way but there are several and especially uh well it almost seems as if um you know certain guests can get certain um treatments differently from others um primarily based on their financial situation right um i have seen um people come inside the temple room without masks and um uh, or when they're asked to do mass or or when the temple room was shut down, we would see people come inside um, because of their connection with the temple, I guess. And as compared to some who have traveled for quite some distance to come here to actually see the deities and, and worship the deities, and you basically turn them away and telling them that it's COVID. Right. Um and several other factors like that. So uh, yes, we have to. Uh, we have to really. There's a lot that I have to do, and we have to do, to be able to understand what it. What is the standard that we need to establish, that can say, yes, we are doing the best we can. But I don't believe we are there yet, and I think we are actually digressing from what we're supposed to be doing. And I like because you gave this class on receiving guests. I wanted to essentially understand where is the minimal standard that we need to establish, so we can try to get towards it. So, um,
0: well, let's let's say let's I'll I'll keep it still pretty general and say that any time you see that there's a problem, you try to address the problem yourself. And if you, if you can't if you can't solve the problem, if you can't bring about a solution, you go to the, to an authority. And we have a couple of authorities here. One is the temple president, and the other is the temple council. And so you can go to one of them or both, and express the uh, what you see as a need. And uh, if you can't do it yourself, if you're not w- willing or not capable of, of volunteering to do something yourself then you have to ask you know talk it out with them and find out whether there is something that can be done and if it, if if you can't get results uh then what can you do you can pray my dear lord we have a need in our community would you please help us to solve that need help us to find a way to do that because i can't make it happen myself and I go and I talk with other people and for some reason it's just not getting done. So what do you do? Do you point, do you point your finger at somebody? That's the easy thing to do, isn't it? See it's not my problem,
2: it's your problem. <laughs> Again, I mean, I'm, what I'm trying to get at what do you feel? You've been in the community for so long. You've been a disciple. Of the, you are a disciple of Tamal Krishna Maharaj. You are, um, you have been in authority positions at the temple and uh, at the school. Um, and so what would you expect to be a minimum standard for any guest that walks into the temple? What would you feel should be a minimal standard? I'm not expecting. And so then we can work towards it, right? I mean, we can say that all right, this is an expectation. This is what we should do. We are not there, so we know that we are lacking. But we can't say that we are there because we don't have resources, because that, that is an excuse, whereas saying that this is, you know, as a temple we exist because of the Okay,
0: gifts. now your questions are good, and they're very reasonable. Uh, but I think this is not the forum to solve them. Uh, I, I've got my opinions, and you've got some opinions yourself, and I'm sure everybody in here has got an opinion about how it could be solved but until it until it goes uh before the authority the the authoritative body that makes decisions regarding our temple and our community, uh we're just going to be talking about it and so I don't really think that this is a forum for for solving a problem like that um, uh, i've got I've got my opinions, but um you know i don't I don't necessarily think that they're going to satisfy you. Hold
3: hold on just a moment. In my opinion, everybody will have so compassion with everyone who visits the temple without asking how they are dressing or what they are eating. Uh, No matter who is here and no matter who are the authorities, we have to help them. Because we have to remember that we are here and we are lucky, but we should not forget our brothers who are outside.
0: All right, uh, this is an example again of a, a person who has a very decided opinion about about the situation and uh, what i'm what I'm saying is that it, the problem is not going to be solved in this body here today. We're not the ones who are responsible for that. If you have a really strong opinion or real strong feeling about it, I would suggest you go to the Temple Council, the Temple President.
3: Well, in my opinion, the authorities, like the President and Manjualio, they are busy too. It's our duty of each of us to help out to preach and not only to put every single problem on their uh, shoulders because you said in every problem should they have to solve them but what about us